Hey, the show's just about to start in less than 30 seconds. We're going to do our thing. We're going to talk about football. You know, all the football that happened on the weekend, the playoffs. Are the Bills going to the Super Bowl? Is Cliff Kingsbury the biggest fraud of all time? We're going to talk about those things. Talk about Leafs. But you know what's really going on? Andrew Clark with an E is back. Yes, he is. Right now. That is so much better than a 30 second countdown. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely need Tony. We definitely need Tony making these 30 second countdown videos instead of having that weird music and the countdown. That's definitely happening from now on. Um, in case you don't know who we are, we're Toronto until this is Toronto until live. Welcome. You can find us at our website, torontotilt.com. You can find us at our Twitter at Toronto on Tilt. Of course, we're streaming live right now on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, search Toronto on Tilt, we should pop up. Um, you can also subscribe because the video will be posted there after the fact. Like, comment, subscribe. You know, I always tell you to do that. Of course, we're live on Twitch as well. Toronto on Tilt if you want to watch on Twitch. And then after this, the audio will be available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Bleaker, all of the things. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends. Holy hell for the blowouts in the NFL. That was I I don't remember an opening playoff week like this. And I know it's expanded playoffs, and I know some of these teams didn't deserve oh, but, to be in the but playoffs. But even last year's one was good. Like they had the yeah. seven seed last year and it was pretty competitive. Yeah, the Colts were good in that seven spot last year. Even the Bears game was kind of close, even though it was pretty shit. Not because really, the, no. The Saints couldn't score. I think that was the issue there. Like, it was kind of close for the most part, but you knew they weren't going to win. This is just like teams died right away. Oh, God, yeah. It was just destruction, uh, teams being dismantled over and over and over again. Like, none of these games fell close until the end of the Cowboys game. Um, but I guess if we really want to get into it, uh, Theo was saying, because, again, these games weren't super close, so we were all going to kind of pick something that we wanted to talk about and then move on to uh, the upcoming, like, this week's games, uh, which should be hopefully more entertaining than last it week's looked, games. The Sunday games look so good on paper. Well, I knew yeah, this going, going into this weekend, I knew last week would be whatever, but I, this divisional round is going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll kick off last week's stuff. Uh, I just wanted to talk about the Bills. That was insane. That's never happened before. Every drive they scored, they did it in a playoff game. They did it against Bill Belichick. They just, we've never seen dominance like that. It had never happened before, and it happened in the playoffs against the Bill Belichick coach team that had been one of the best defenses all season. Josh Allen was at the peak of his powers. Everything went right for the Bills. I honestly don't know what to say. With the way that they backed into the playoffs, the way they had played coming into this, I didn't see this coming. And now you look at them and you're like, okay, well, if you get that, how does this team not win a Super Bowl? This is what I was trying to say a month ago. The ceiling for this team is so fucking high. Yeah. The Patriots peaked. They peaked the wrong time. And not even the wrong time. It's just their peak isn't 
a Super Bowl team. Their peak is to be a very good regular yeah. season team. Maybe they would have an upset if they, you know, had a good Mac Jones day against the right team. That didn't happen. The Bills played a perfect game. The Bills have this capability. When everything goes their way, they have the ability to do this against anybody in football. And you just got to hope that this wasn't their Super Bowl, that they actually have more in the tank and that they can do this again. That's the fear, yeah, because they played perfect. That was also, you know how bad they wanted that one. Against oh Patriots. Yeah. Like, I know every playoff game there's a high motivation factor, but that one a little more special. So we'll see. Like if, they, if they lose next week, I don't think Bills fans would be as upset knowing that they had this after, moment. At least. After what they just did to the Patriots, like they killed the boogeyman. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it would be disappointing if you lose to the Chiefs. But, yeah, it'd be really hard. Like you'd have to lose to the Chiefs almost in the same way that you lost to the Patriots in that three-pass attack. Like, something stupid would have to happen, I think, for Bills fans to be like – to be to actually be upset like they're not going to be happy if they lose but to be act like to be calling for heads and to be genuinely upset at the team like something ridiculous would have to happen uh one thing i did want to mention like one massive part of that thing early was the uh micah hyde interception which that changes everything too (laughs) well that was very early on it's it changes exactly it changes everything because they just score and then instead of letting the patriots come down on a pretty nice drive. Micah Hyde runs that route for who's that? Jacoby Myers was 15. No, it was it Aguilar. Aguilar. Here's okay, the yeah, issue 15. too. If he high points that ball, if he comes back and tries, that's the other thing with Aguilar. Like when you have receivers that you can trust like that, like a good receiver is coming well, back I, to make that play or that at least was a good ball. Down. That know, wasn't a bad should, throw by Mac Jones. He has yeah. to go up and go get the ball though. It was like, just a phenomenal play. Yeah, and it was a phenomenal play by Micah Hyde to run that route for Aguilar to pick that off and to help. It, like, it felt like the snowball started going downhill because they scored the first that. touchdown. That they over. got the interception. Well, they needed to score on that next drive, and they did. I think that was where they re- – that, like that was the big boot to the throat was the not only did you score the first touchdown, you got a turnover and then scored the second touchdown. And then scored every drive after. Well, I'm – Literally I, every drive. I remember saying – at halftime, I was like, okay, now the Bills have to come out and do it again, right? Like, they have to come out and stomp on them, right? Like, don't take your foot off the neck, and they did, and they just continued to go. It was it was awesome. Um, Theo, what was it your one thing you want to talk about? Well, the only thing we should talk about this weekend, the Dallas Cowboys once again discussed the National Football League with their actions off the field and their play on the field. Mike McCarthy, we all knew, was going to have a moment in these playoffs where he loses the Cowboys a game. We I've been saying it, it all year. The first round, the second round, when it was going to happen before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It happened right away in a game where they easily could have won. Like The Niners were trying to give them opportunity to win that game. They wouldn't take it. I've never been more like... I, I mean, as an Eagle fan, I was very upset after the first game. I kind of knew that was going to happen, but it was like disappointing to see. And then seeing what happened to Dallas, it cured everything. I was so happy. It was like perfect ending to the NFC East this season. No one's allowed to make it past the first round. And, and Dallas just really shit all over themselves. Very embarrassing. You got the last play of the game. You have Dak running out the clock with a quarterback draw to end the game. And then what the um, hell? The classless behavior to blame the not only blame the refs. But to encourage the attacking of them from the fans—that's a felony. That's, that's inciting that's, violence. That's technically yeah, a felony, not cool. even in Texas. 
Um, yeah, it's Texas. Being cry, Jerry Jones was not a crybaby about it. Surprisingly, he was pretty honest. Like these guys sucked, and we should be better than this. And, and but, everyone's getting at Jerry Jones too. And you got to think like that team on the field should win. Like the, those yeah. players together, that's a good assortment of players. Talent's crazy. Look at the talent. Look at what they're getting paid, and just again, like look, look, look at their stats. Like these are all guys that are really good. That when they're playing, should be really good. Something happened to Dak. Like the second injury, right? Because he got he had the slow start to the season, then was super hot because he had that weird shoulder injury thing after coming off the ankle, the pec or whatever it was. It was something in here, um, and then he got hot, and then he got hurt again, and he hasn't been right. And then on top of that, Zeke hasn't been right. It's it's been a mess for the Cowboys, but that should be a good team. And I said it all year: Mike McCarthy was going to do this. He's gonna make bad decisions. The so. funniest part of that game too was that was that fake punt, or when they they finally they got the fake punt. I don't think they knew that if you subbed, the other team's allowed to like match you, and they waited yeah. to the end of the clock to do it, and it was a whole mess. Like they're just every example of a poor coach team from penalties to like miscues. They just they just exemplified all of that in in the worst moment, and it's just like perfect Dallas Cowboys every time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, like they thought they were so slick, staying on the side like, ha, now we got a runner. We're going to slide this one in here. Yeah. Like, yeah. All they can do is call a timeout, or they're just not going to. You have to do something. Exactly. Um, even, uh, the Niners deserve some shit, too, because... Well, it's all about Mike, Jimmy. It's all about Jimmy. Mike Sh- no, and Shanahan, too. But that's yeah. why he does this stuff, is because he's scared of Jimmy, so he plays mm. extra cautious. Conservative, yeah. Like fourth he and takes one the ball out of his hands. Yeah, I didn't agree with the first field goal. I think in the first quarter that annoyed me. I'm like, you gotta just—it's a fourth and one. I think it's like every fourth and one in plus territory. Just you gotta go, even and if you're you Kyle Shanahan running team with Elijah Mitchell, Debo, who, and whatever healthy, he wants. Been, exactly. So you have multiple guys that you can get a yard with, and if you don't think you can get the like, Shanahan's thing is drawing up run plays. You, you couldn't have drawn up a run play for one yard. Yeah. But yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to talk about about this game before we get to Tony's uh, one thing before we move on to uh, the games coming up? No? Tony, uh, what was your one thing that you wanted to get to? Um, I think we talk about... Uh, oh, there's a lot of options. I guess we talk about uh, the Cardinals. How I knew that was going to be. The I was going to say Every, that was your that was in the intro, so I was waiting for you to go. They Cardinals are and Cliff Cardinals are who were I don't know. Well, we, me and Theo both bet on the Cardinals. Well, I did because of a number play, right? I had a flyer parlay, but it was like it was a liar that last day, yeah, because of the and we, we me and Anthony both just didn't see that coming for some reason. We just ignored all the flaws with the Cardinals. Like it's just a Cliff Kingsbury team that limped into the playoffs. They lost to the Seahawks last week, but I. I'm like, it's a plus four. We see how these games have gone all year. Arizona already won in L.A. But then I, I noticed today, after the fact, a Josina Anderson tweet about what Cliff said to the team in the locker room. He said, we need to protect the ball and run well, and then we'll win the game. If we do that, we're going to win. Like, if I knew that. I, I They're spread them. offense. And They're air raid spread offense, offense for th- since he's been with Kyler Murray as your quarterback. 
And don't even get me started about Kyler Murray, but I mean, it starts with the oh, coach. he looked bad, yeah. Kyler at the beginning, you know, the receivers were not catching the ball, and it was really frustrating. But Kyler just completely lost it, just trying to make things happen. I mean, he he had a guy in his face the entire game. Yeah, <laughs> like it felt sure. like the middle of that defensive line was that just line, getting through. Aaron Donald collapsing. Did him, no, did him no favors at all. Yeah, um, and then the defense gave up every the lanes for Cam Akers and uh, Sony Michelle to run through ginormous three of them could have fit through those so you know it's a horrible team effort um i don't know there probably should be a coaching change 100 percent. it should have been last year but you know it's tough to fire someone after a platform but like that but like as far as the rams though this is what the cardinals do are we talking okay oh no just Sorry to interrupt. It's just like, this is what the cardinals have done though three straight years they start hot fall apart they've gone longer They've gone deeper with the hot streak, but they fall apart spectacularly to end seasons. Kingsbury's done that since college. Like it's yeah, it's the inability to make changes. Yeah, and they lose Hopkins, and I I get it. It's DeAndre Hopkins, but you don't. You're not telling me you don't have other like things that you can. It's it's yeah. It's it's hard to. It's hard to look at that and be like, yeah, the head coach, the offense is fine. You know what I mean? Bring him back. It's it's not like this has ha- not happened now three years in a row. Oh, yeah, 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 you're you're Kyler, Kyler's showing some Carson Wentz stuff. I saw a lot of those you're tweets last say night. That, <laughs> uh, that made yesterday worse. That <laughs> was literally like a car. That was like the perfect interception. Needed a Carson Wentz uh, reminder. But I'll tell you this, okay? The Carson Wentz play was – we're not, no, I'm, I was just kidding. We're yeah, yeah forget, we're not talking about Carson Wentz. I, okay, I Carson Wentz had I, less leeway. We're not there. talking about I Carson Wentz. I want to actually apologize to the, to the Rams because I have said some bad things about that team, and I've been very low on them. And last night was the first time when it clicked where I'm like, oh, yeah, all these trades just they're all working out now. All these signings all are going to work out. Like That all just hit me where it's like, wow, everything came together at the right time. Came makers is back. Odell looks amazing. Von Miller is just looking amazing, and I don't know if you listen to Manning broadcast, but he was saying how during practices, like Von Miller would would cover their number one receivers and just like stick them. Like he's that athletic. It's just like that's the kind of talent they have on that team, and it seems like they finally figured it out at least for a a week in a a very important moment. So good on them. It's also like the Tim McAuliffe quote, right? Like big time players make big time plays and. Big time game. Like it's when shit is important, the best players tend to stand out. And when you have so, like, it's we've talked about this, it's superstars and scrubs. But when you look at how many guys are at that insane elite Hall of Fame level through this team, it's it is kind of scary because if they all decide to turn it on, or if a few of them can turn it on at the right moment, it wrecks an entire game plan. So you have Von Miller, you have Aaron Donald coming after the quarterback. You have Jalen Ramsey back there. Like it's just, yeah, it's this this team can be scary. It really can be. Yeah, Von Miller helped win Peyton Manning a Super Bowl, so he knows all about it. Von Miller, that was Von Miller at the peak of his powers. Yeah. That was ridiculous. He's unreal. So, I mean, we'll see that they got Tom Brady next week. So. I don't know. Very don't interesting know rematch. This goes. Yeah, well, considering they beat them in the regular season handily. <laughs> yeah, and this one will be in Tampa. But I, I don't. We're we gonna talk about division right now. We can go to. Yeah. Did you want to just move right in? Oh, well, we, yeah, we didn't mention the Bengals Raiders at all. But well, 
There's I, yeah. There's a lot of things to talk about. That's actually one of the closer games of the weekend too. That that whistle play was something that I think everyone gave a take on, and I don't know where you guys sit on that. Just it it was the right thing to just let that TD happen, but like by the letter of the law, that's yeah, kind of fucked up. No, I know, I know what you mean. It didn't impact the play, so I don't really. I feel like the game was pretty tilted officially. I think the Raiders kind of got screwed more than just that. I think the game was called pretty poorly in general, but like that's just NFL refereeing. You just get that every game. It's exactly. But, I, like and and like the officials were disciplined. The they they will not be in the the playoffs for the rest of the year. But that tends to happen once a year, where there's a playoff game where this happens, and the or once every two years, where the officials get banned from the rest of the playoffs because yeah. they were so bad. You're, you're not just getting seven seeds; you're getting seven seed officials. Like you're getting the extra crew that shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, right. That's another thing. I didn't even think about that. That's true. You're getting an extra officiating crew that shouldn't be there. <laughs> that didn't grade it. That that under normal circumstances, didn't grade out to be playoff officials. So. Yeah. But we, we could talk Bengals, though. Like, uh, this Bengals-Titans first playoff game, they get that 4.30 slot again Saturday afternoon. What do you think? Uh, it's three and a half as a line for the for the Titans. I think some people might be a little bit, like, surprised it's over three with, with a Bengals team that's been, you know, so impressive recently. But what do you take on that, and, and what would you lean right now? Well, we were talking about this before we started recording, and it's, like... It's a really well-coached team that finds a way to win in the Titans against the Bengals who should just have more talent. But we've seen the Titans beat. Like, look at some of the teams the Titans have beat and the ways that they've beaten them in these wild games. Like, the way they beat the Bills, right, where Josh Allen can't get the – like they just seem to win in wild ways. Like, the Bills tried to keep uh, try to catch them off balance with that Josh Allen sneak, but they were ready. Anytime someone tries to catch them off balance, they're ready. Some weird fucking minute part of the rule book that only Bill Belichick and, uh, oh, God, what the hell is his name? Uh, the head coach of the Titans, the one who used to be the Vrabel. linebacker. Vrabel. Like, they're the only two people that seem to know this rule. It's The Titans just seem to win, and they shouldn't because they're getting Derrick Henry back, but how much, like, what percentage of Derrick Henry is it? Apparently he put on weight, like muscle, somehow. He's that's doing what I heard. Full, full contact today. Tell me that NFL players aren't on steroids. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. If I mean, you took him, away steroid a, testing, no one would look different in the NFL. No, I'm convinced. You look, look at look at AJ Brown and just think, yeah, that guy. Actually, speaking speaking of steroids, everyone forgets that Von Miller tested positive for steroids a few years yeah. ago. Not, He's also had some ago. other incidents that don't really get talked about much. Yeah. But uh, this, well, that's this like the NFL is def- <laughs> a bunch of issues that don't get talked about much. But yes, yeah. Tony, <laughs> it's all, all about all about winning games. But the Titans—they're fully healthy for the first time in since maybe Week One. They've been missing guys. Yeah, like, actually, pretty much the whole season. The whole season. AJ Brown, Henry, Julio. Now they're all there. I don't know how much you can trust Julio at this point, but AJ Brown is on zero. <laughs> Henry yes. is. Uh, He's a beast, obviously. And Foreman played really well at the end of the year, so even to spell him a little bit. But the Titans are a team that plays their best when no one thinks about them, when everyone expects <laughs> them. And here we are. Even I said it before, like, Chiefs-Bills is probably the AFC Championship game, but that's not how the Tennessee Titans roll. Like, they just win these games. Like, oh, whatever. They're nobody. They're not that good. Look at the statistics. Blah, blah. They're, they're the anti-analytic like analytic team. And they, they just win games. 
doing. They're a, they're a team that can be in a like when Derrick Henry is at the peak of his powers, they can be in one of those fast paced offensive like score for score games, but they throw the ball fifteen times because Derrick Henry had two hundred and seventy yards and four touchdowns. Like they they don't make sense. They yeah, they right. don't they don't like anti analyticals right. Like they do not make sense. They do go for it on fourth down. They do do the analytic things, but it's like they do it with running the football. It's just insane how it works because Derrick Henry is just that special. So he's back, but we were talking about this. Like even 80% of Derrick Henry is still one of the best backs in football. Like he's still in that just he can carry an offense. But if it's 60% of Derrick Henry, like now what are we talking about? Right? So it's it all. I think a lot comes down to that, but Dante Foreman was really good. And again, you got this young Bengals team as opposed to Vrabel and a more experienced Titans side, which is why the Titans, I think, are the favorites here and why they'll probably pull out the victory. But, like, it's at least going to be fun because the Bengals are, like, with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the bad Titans secondary, their run defense got really good by the end of the season. Uh, but you could see a wild bit of offense if Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Joe Burrow like if they, if they start rolling it could get real fun but then if Derrick Henry's right the Titans could keep rolling and you have AJ Brown and Julio's out like this should be a more fun game than I kind of thought at the beginning yeah those teams always find their way in fun games so That's I think true. that'll happen again when I get into Niners and Packers yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we talked a lot of Niners um I think that's the biggest spread of the weekend. Packers minus six is what I think it was. Uh, I don't know how many people will be lining up to bet the Niners after, you know, seeing what this Packers team's been most of the year. Yeah. Do you think that this is a you know a, a, a sneaky spot for the Packers? They've had these issues as as uh, one seeds in the past where they've had like you know big favorites at home and, and have dropped games in the playoffs. Is that another situation we see here, or is it your business? I think they take care of business here. Um, they've looked so goddamn good, and the Niners have been such a weird team all season. And like, I, I, I don't. It's really hard for me to bet against Aaron Rodgers, and an Aaron Rodgers that I don't think is going to forget what the Niners did to him. I know this was probably four years ago now at this point, but you know Aaron Rodgers doesn't forget those things. And if he has an opportunity to really do some damage, you know he's going to do that. And what's the Niners' biggest issue? It's pass defense. And the fact that other guys have been stepping up, like you've had Lazard games, you've had Marquez Valdez-Scantling games, Devontae Adams is always there. Like there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers just decides they're really going to put it on them. And then, you know, add the fact that A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, either one of them can go off because they've both been great this season at different times. Yeah, the Packers Packers are awesome. But the Niners are a team that, you know, that could be a bad matchup because they can run the ball very well. And we have, two years ago, we know, I don't know if it's what you were talking about before, they beat them twice. And regular season, they killed them. And it's a championship game, they killed them. But I think Bosa, I don't know what his deal is. But if he, doesn't he got play, hurt and left the game. Yeah, yeah that's massive. Because if yeah, exactly, if, if like the key is going to be to hit Aaron Rodgers, which I mean, it's the key to every great quarterback is you can't give them time, right? So if Bosa's not playing, that's that's another thing that doesn't bode well for the Niners. Yeah, that's why I yeah I I definitely say the Packers are going to win. 
Do you? And yeah, I mean, like I've been, I think a little bit too high on this Packers team the last few weeks. Like there are issues that I think yeah, no, when they, a team decides are, to expose but... it, will expose it. I'm just looking forward. I really hope it's Bucks Packers again. I really think that's the best matchup yeah. we can get. I want to see that matchup one more time. But uh, in, in this one specifically, the Niners cause these. Like we, we said about Shanahan, his, his scripting is so good. His his like play calling, like he can design plays better than anybody in the NFL. It's just when we get late in these games, is he going to have these moments where he's not trusting Jimmy G, which he probably shouldn't anyway, but where he's being overly conservative, where it's affecting them the other way. I don't know if I can trust them to turn that around and not do that again in this game. If they do what they did to the Cowboys, to the Packers, it's not even going to be. Like, the Packers will take advantage and beat them. Exactly. And that the first Niners-Packers uh, game, like the regular season one was pretty wild, but it seemed like the Packers had had that one until Jimmy G led that kind of wild comeback until Aaron Rodgers won it at the very end. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I yeah. Was was that a Packers. weird game without with like? Didn't the Packers have a bunch of injuries that game? I feel like they probably did. I know Trey Sermon was the starting running back. Well, it was like juice check for they had like Sermon was the starter, but they use use check more for the 49ers. I know they had a ton of weird injuries too. Yeah, I think it was I think the Niners started two and zero, so everyone was really really high on them. And then the yeah. Packers, I think I don't know, remember, but they had that Saints they game. Were one and one and they were one and one. They were kind game. of yeah, like, they were yeah. one and one because of that Saints game, and everyone was just like, oh. Because I made money on that game. I'm wondering like they were dogs in that game, like which is really weird to think about now, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was before Rams. they even got their line together, which, like, there's still all the injuries, but they really seem to be just kind of figuring it out together. So, yeah. And then we kind of talked a lot of Bucks off the, or Rams off the top, but uh, the Bucks, uh, geez, like, they just keep figuring it out. Like, they had so yeah. many more injuries during that Eagles game. The mm-hmm. offensive line was in tatters. Like, they were putting out guys dressed and worse, was just like, couldn't even block. Like they they set career days for uh for uh Kerrigan out of nowhere, but uh they found a way to do it again. Even with set five sacks on Brady, they were able to you know deal with some wide receiver issues and 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 win the game pretty comfortably. Uh, do we think that these injuries are going to catch up to them in a game like this, or will it be will it be Bucks again? This is where it starts to get really interesting for me. With like the whole like okay, the first one was like okay, okay, okay I'm not gonna bet against Tom Brady. This is where it starts to get interesting because the Rams have so much talent now. Because so what do you what do you think they do? You think Jalen Ramsey's probably gonna be stuck on Mike Evans, try to take Mike Evans out of the game, so Brady's basically got to go to Gronk. Like that's his only real option. And then how does the offense work, right? Because if Von Miller can get pressure, if Aaron Donald can start getting pressure. This is the the way this Rams team positioned themselves could be the biggest problem for this banged up Bucks team with the way they can get after the quarterback and the way that you have one of the best DBs in the game who you can stick on Mike Evans. Now the only issue is Jalen Ramsey. If he was going to cover someone, you would almost rather him covering Godwin than you would someone who's as much of a freak as Mike Evans who's as big as Mike Evans. So that, I guess, is the little, like, I can see Brady throwing a ton of jump balls to Gronk and Mike Evans, and that essentially being the game plan. Like, pounding it, running the football, and then trying to throw those jump balls because that's where the advantage is. But again, that's the only place that I see the advantage. Yeah, like, they're not going to get that 
dink and dunk options they got last week where everything is just open. Like his his release, like I think they said his average attempt was like four and a half yards the first half because that's all he needed to yeah. really do. But it was always open and there was a bunch of yak yards, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, like so it just can can the Rams take that away? Can the Rams get the pressure and then have guys in the flats and then trust that because that's kind of how the Rams would be able to play because they trust that Jalen Ramsey can take something away that's going to kill them deep and that they can have the, their pass rush get to Brady so that if he does make one of those short passes, someone's right on him. So it's right on one of the running backs or one of the the, the less ta- the less touted wide receivers that he'd be throwing the ball to. Yep. I, I agree. You know, we'll see what the Rams do. Tampa is a fully healthy defense now for the first time. They were healthy last week, really, for the first time all season where they have all their yeah. guys playing. We'll see. But this is a better I, pass offense than the Eagles and Jalen. Like, Jalen Hurts looked really bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well. Well, he, he isn't very good. So Yeah, I, I, already, I know. We already kind of talked about we, we, You know what? We're not even going to talk about them. They're not even the playoffs. It doesn't matter. But I'm saying with this is going to be a much tougher pass rush for Matthew Stafford. He's not going to have all day to throw like he did last week. And we know with Matthew Stafford, he'll, he'll do some really stupid things when guys are in his face. And Vita Vea is just right there, yeah. yeah well, that's, we'll, see, we'll see the Bucks have to take advantage of that and take the ball away. That's going to be key for the Bucks because if the, the Rams go back to the Todd Gurley days, they are the best when they run the football because everything big comes off play action. Like that's when they're at their absolute peak is when they have a running back that's really just churning it up and then they can do everything off of the running games, the screen plays, the play action passes, all of that type of stuff, the misdirection, the the gadget plays where I mean, you one you run one end around, but you constantly have the motion happening. Like that's the shit that the Rams do. And if you have the Bucks blow that run game up, and it has to be Stafford chucking it, even though the, the Bucks don't have great DBs. That's where it gets really dangerous for the Rams offensively. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're kind of going a little long on this, and we yeah. did talk a lot of bills. Do you think we should just get on to uh, – we have our guest here. I don't know if oh, you can see here? the background. You guys can't see the, uh, the stage? Okay, yeah, Andrew's, uh, Andrew's no, here. No, I can't so. see the stage. We can, so, we can yeah. just go straight to, straight to basketball then. Yeah, yeah sure, because yeah. the, the Leafs is really like, what are we going to talk about? The fact that they keep blowing leads and they've won more games than they've lost, but this is a fucking heart attack-inducing way to do this, and I want to scream. Really, what what's there to dig into on that other well, than he, that? He had to back up because he couldn't hear anything, so we have a few seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, really, I, I have a though, comment about the Leafs. Yeah, get, A two-goal lead blown in the second period should not count as a blown lead for the Leafs. That's not even, that's nothing. 3-1 lead. I was watching the first period of Leaf game. And then I had to do something the second period. I looked, it was 4-4. I said, oh, shit, another 4-1 game. That's just that's not, not good. But it was 3-1 to 3-3. Then it was 4-4. Yeah, two-goal so lead is the worst lead in hockey. That's, like, that's barely a blown lead, in my opinion. The, not even a problem. Bullshit. They get goalied against Arizona, and I don't want to say they get goalied just because they don't deserve to get let off the brakes. Like, they almost lose to Vegas, but they bail it out. Like, it's just... They they played like Vegas. This happens. That's just the NHL. Like they, they yeah. Really could. Now they now you're at the point where it's this blowing leads thing has gone from I've given them every excuse that was reasonable to now like now I'm upset. Like what the fuck is going on? Here? It, boy, here's a positive. They won a bad Jack Campbell game. Played poorly and they still 
They still won. So, you know, honestly, that was the he deserved to get bailed out because he's carried them so many different times where they didn't deserve to be in a game that they've won because Jack Campbell made like seven, 10 bell saves where you just go, okay, they needed to give him that one. So I guess that's the the positive way you can spin it if you can. Uh, You got Andrew back? (laughs) He keeps going in and out. I'm going to add him and see. Okay. Andrew, you good? Can you hear anything? Can you hear me? We yeah, can hear you. we can hear you. Sorry, guys. I, I honestly, I can't hear anything. One second. Uh, I don't think his headphones are plugged in because it sounded like he was coming through the, the the computer speaker. If you could tell him that, Theo. Yeah, I know. I could, I could tell, but I don't know how to get that point across to him right now. <laughs> I had the same <laughs> issue, but Andrew's yeah. not a tech wizard like me, so who, who knows how long it's going to take. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, know. like there's not there's not much to really get into. You, you know what? Just is, frustration. Also sucks with the Leafs right now is because top five teams, they're top five team in the NHL. They're third in the division, and that's going to be probably how it finishes. Like you look at the playoff race right now. This yeah. is just the East is this is what it is. The teams that no, are but in this has been their division every other time because it's been Tampa or it's been Boston. Now it's just Florida that's there instead of Boston. Just just. just this is the situation with the Leafs, and they have to just fucking win. I don't care about the excuses. I really don't. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. You're you're fifth in the league, and you're third in your division. Be better. Because here's the thing. You're paying these guys, and they have the numbers. It's not just like you're paying them, and they don't put up the numbers. They are putting up the numbers to be this good and to win. They just have to do it now. <laughs> Very upset. I mean, they've taken seventy percent of the points this year. That's I know they've they are really good. It's just when you ah oh god the good team even good you teams also have these are, stretches. Like, it's this just is a massive road trip. This has been a long ass road trip. That's another thing. Like, yeah, isn't getting talked about enough. Like well, they've been on the road for I don't even. Tony can feels you, like forever. You gotta be careful playing with your mic because I can hear it. <laughs> Yeah. Tony's playing tonsil <laughs> hockey with his mic. I can hear he's he's playing with something underneath of it, and I can hear it. Yeah, passing the time. That's, that's, his, that's Tony's protest for anything that's hockey related on the show. He's I want to I don't know what's happening. I'm, I'm, he put us in a fucked up spot. We can start talking Raptors. Oh uh, yeah, we can just go into Raptors and bring Andrew in once he gets I, in. I made the graphic with Andrew, and we're just lying to the people now because it's not. Well, he was here. He came in. We prepped him. He was in the. He was in the waiting room, which I couldn't see that you were talking. We about. should just and then end he was the show here. now. We should end the show now and see how long it takes him to figure out that we're not even here, or just leave it open and then see him keep joining and leaving. <laughs> He just does just does a Raptor segment completely by himself, like in an hour. <laughs> when he comes back again, talk, but don't make any noise and see if he notices. No. Uh, let's actually get into the Raps, though. And like I said, we'll bring, we can bring him in once he pops back up. Uh, so they had a big week, right? Like They had a big week ahead of them. They, they were playing the Suns. That ended up being a loss. But that was during our podcast. They were winning for most of the podcast. Uh you have the absolutely embarrassing Pistons loss, which is just piss poor on every level. A great win then against the Bucks, who have Giannis, and you keep it close against the Heat. They're missing so many pieces that I still look at this team and I go, they're still better than this. Yeah, they had a good week. They played well with these guys, like good teams. They were yeah, competitive, and- less than 100%. And oh, you're still like Troy out in that game. Yeah. 
and yeah, Dwayne Casey has their number, which is kind of hilarious. Even though Detroit can't beat anyone other than the Raptors, it feels like good for him. Yeah, have fun in Detroit. Uh, but other than that, like they they looked good in the Suns game. They look like because we were talking about this. The issue was they were getting behind to bad teams and then beating them by twenty. Like they get behind by like fifteen easy in the first quarter, first half didn't matter, and then they just beat the shit out of them because they were so much better and deeper than these teams. You beat a really good Bucks team. You take that Heat team to the limit. You take that Suns team to the limit, and you're doing it without key pieces. Some of the most interesting stuff, though, for me is like Chris Boucher is having massive games. You're seeing a lot. We were talking him early, like he was out of the rotation for a bit, if I remember correctly. We were having and now he's crucial. Like he's the only bench guy I trust. Well, and in the. My in the heat game, fucking precious goes and gets 15 rebounds. That was like a homecoming, though. That was like uh, it was, a re- no, it was definitely the revenge game. Yeah, but yeah. he did it. Like it's just you're starting to see. We talked about this a little bit, and it's why I want Danger one because I want to start talking about the super funky lineups and all the things that the Raptors are doing with the guys that are on the floor. They're, they're running like what Jim Bam does with Syracuse, like six guys, and then that was what last game was anyway. Well, yeah, like, so, exactly. It was six dudes, and Champagne played what like eight. Nine minutes, I think. Nine minutes, but everyone else played like 30-something. <laughs> yeah, insane. which it, it's not something you want in January basketball games, but it's necessary. But they were missing Ken Birch, and, and they were missing Ken Birch, Gary and Trent. they were missing Gary Trent. And if those two guys are in there, all the minutes make more sense because the rotation becomes <sighs> nine, right? Like it. Okay. Can you hear us? Did right, you just yes, go for you a know, run? Why you I, a I, I honestly have no idea what happened. <laughs> eh, technology's. Technology, it does things that makes no sense all the time. Uh, but Andrew, so we were we we got into the Raptors. You were talking about kind of what happened last week. Uh, so you have it. They're close against the Suns, embarrassed by the Pistons. Then a really good win against the Bucks, and you keep it close against the Heat while you're missing key pieces through all of this. Right before the Suns game, because uh, like, well, actually during the Suns game, because it was the last podcast, we were talking about how cool it had started to get where the Raptors were winning games and they're smashing opponents and they were getting really funky with the lineups. And that still happened out of necessity with the injury. He's missing guys. <laughs> oh, I froze. Am I back? Can you hear me? You're back. Now. So much technical yeah, difficulties yeah. today. Okay. But it's just. I wanted to talk to you specifically about it. Like how wild have some of these lineups be where I, I was talking to these guys last week, specifically, there was a moment where you had, I think it was Kemp. You know, it, it was, it was Bursch, Boucher, uh, and Siakam are all on the floor, but OGs guarding the center. <laughs> just because, <laughs> just because yeah, was of all of those guys, he's the most, he's the most physically imposing. So he was bodying. I think it was the near seven foot, if not the seven foot center. Well, the guys who were bigger than him but rangier were covering all the wings and the guards. It, it, how wild have some of these combinations been to you watching this Raptors run over the last couple of weeks? So you guys remember at the beginning of the season when they started talking about how there's like a bunch of guys that are like 6'9"? Yes. Or something. And the thing is, is that it felt like we haven't been able to run any of those lineups because once um, – Siakam has, was playing right. not really well yeah. at the beginning, and Van Vliet was just playing way too well. Um, so now at this point, 
with Siakam back to himself is what it seems like. Oh, and better than he's ever been. Yeah, he pull up triple yeah, doubles. Yeah, on the so, regular. So with him being back, that means that they can run like all these six nine guys out there at once because Siakam can play the point. And they kind of did something like this when Gary Trent was still playing. Yeah, and it was even better, I think, because I think that Gary's such a good like guy to pressure the ball with, and it just creates a lot of turnovers. We're really messing him on defense even more than yeah. the offensive end, I think. Well, yeah, their their best their best five guys on the floor is when you go Fred, Gary, OG, uh, Pascal, and Scotty. Yeah, Scotty's yep. had Scotty's kind of he's hit the rookie wall a little bit, and he's had some injuries. But he still has these explosive moments, like that the dunk in the last game where he went okay, coast to coast. I, I really, I really, okay, I really, I really have to say, yeah. How was that not a flagrant? Uh, yeah, I, I no, know. I know, I, yeah. I know. In the new NBA, in no the one new knows NBA what a flagrant where is. Everything Nobody knows. is a flagrant foul. How that wasn't a flagrant where he ended up that far in the fucking crowd? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't get it. Devlin said it. That was so dangerous. Like, that's that's a was, you know what that is actually. No, I take it back. I know exactly what that is. He's a rookie. I guarantee that's what that is. Guarantee. It's a rookie. They're the they're the away team, and he's a rookie. I want to pull up the officiate the officiating crew because I can I can almost see them now because I guarantee it's someone like stupid like Tony Brothers. It's one of the old random referees that just go rookie. No. It wasn't brothers. It wasn't brothers. But I know, like, oh. you know what I'm talking about, though. The the yeah. old referees that just go rookie. You don't get a foul, and that's just how this goes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that's what happened there. I almost guarantee it. Yeah, what it definitely wasn't Tony was, Brothers because I would have remembered. That was an other reasons. Like, highlight reel. That's why Vince, we dropped them where you did. Vincent, in my opinion, shouldn't be shouldn't have been in the game to make some of those plays late because he should have been given a flagrant one or a flagrant two or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. I Not even a technical, because you can fully see the elbow extend. So, like, there was, like, unnecessary contact after the play. Yeah. So, not even a technical, which is insane to me. Yet With the way that everything give, else is. Yeah, they, they gave who? Yeah, it was Vincent and um, OG, right? They gave, like, a double technical or something at the... Oh, when they were, like, kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they were put, I think the guys they got tech each. I don't think they got tossed. I think they got like, teched up. I understand. I understand that the NBA has a lot of new rest right now. Um, I don't. I don't remember what was the reason for it. I get. I think it's because one COVID and two, uh, a lot yeah. of the older rest retired. Yeah. Um, but some of these guys, they don't. Sorry, and ladies. Some of them just, yeah. I feel like they don't make appropriate calls, especially against Miami. I'm sorry. I have to say it. <laughs> the, heat, the Heat, they'll get away with everything because the Heat are so yeah. physical always. Yeah. It's like, it, it, if I'm going to use a hockey reference, it's like playing the Boston Bruins where it's like, yeah, like they, they're going to probably take more penalties than you, but when they do a hundred illegal things and take three penalties and you do four illegal things and take two penalties. Yes, they took more penalties than you, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> like they did more illegal shit and got away with it. That's what it feels like when you play in Miami. There's a lot of hooking. Like when I say hooking, I mean like physically reaching out and grabbing guys and pulling them under like in the paint. You see yeah. it happening with their big guys all the time where they just grab a hold of people. 
there's a lot of pushing. There's a lot of moving screens. There's a lot of moving screens. There's yeah. just like, yeah, there's a lot of that shit that they just tend to get away with because they do it all the time. I, okay. So I understand, I understand Freddie. I mean, yeah, no, sorry. I understand Freddie and I understand Scotty sometimes not getting their calls because one's a rookie and one's like really, really small. But OG, it doesn't yeah. make sense to me. He doesn't go to the line enough for the amount of times he drives. And and I, I get that he's not, he looks a little bit out of control sometimes, but there are times where he's literally just getting fouled. Yeah. Just straight up and there's nothing. I, well, it's, he, he, his issue is the same. Oh, you know geez. What? The issue is that he doesn't, he doesn't complain enough to the refs. He needs to be cry more to the exactly what I yeah, and then they'll give him some calls. That's how it is. If you don't, yeah, because think they're doing it right. Because even even back when we had Kawhi, he didn't complain enough, and like this guy probably could have gone to the line like ten times a game, and he, he never really did. So, I think OG falls victim to the fact that. Like I was joking, like when I was talking about him guarding the center, right? Because he's the strongest guy on the floor. I think that is what hurt. I don't want to use this comparison because it's not a like comparison, but LeBron doesn't get a lot of fouls called on him. Like he gets more than he, like he he whines a lot, so he gets a lot of fouls. But if you look at like LeBron early in his career, he didn't get a as many as he probably should have because he was so physically ridiculous that even though you could hammer him, he wouldn't move in the air. It, it's like still Pogba in soccer. Yeah, like Same certain thing. guys are just... Like when you look at OG, he's so thick. When you watch OG get smashed in the air when he's going for a dunk, he barely moves. And I think that hurts him because again, I'm not talking about him like he's one of these team carriers that should get every single foul. But the problem is, is he's not gonna he's not gonna flop. He's not gonna overemphasize it, and he's strong enough to take the contact and finish. That he doesn't get what he deserves often enough. If that makes sense, it, like I'm trying to explain it in a way where I don't know if it makes sense, but like yeah. he's he's almost too he's too strong for his own good, and he's not gonna flop around. So because he goes to the hole so powerfully. It, it a lot of the ticky tack stuff that would knock someone else out, it doesn't knock him out, and the refs just basically go, "Well, if it was a foul, they would have at least knocked you off kilter." And it's like, no, it's just he's so much bigger, or just just physically stronger than these guys. That even if they whack him, it is a foul. They're just not moving him like they would a smaller guy. Like I, I like feel Boucher. like, yeah. <laughs> Boucher, oh man, this guy's great. Honestly, lately, he's oh, so great. We were talking about that before you got on. Yeah. Right before you joined, like how Thing he's basically exploded. Yeah, and he's been incredibly important because they've needed the offense from him. And the yeah. rebounding and the defense, like all the things he brings. Yeah, I. Uh, the thing is, is that he really needs to let his inside game fuel his outside game. Yes. Because like when he's, when he's driving to the rim and getting dunks or layups or like those really weird like fadeaway jump shot he does in, yeah. the, in the middle of the yeah um his three point shot tends to fall afterwards and um, when he's like when he i always find when he starts 
getting those big blocks. Like when, because when he blocks the ball, it's either some insane chase down where he hits it off the backboard so fucking hard it goes yeah. back to half, or he spikes it into the fifteenth row like a volleyball player. Do you notice? He gets one or two of those, and he gets real ballsy and starts shoot. And it, yeah, he's yeah. so much. He's so much like a confidence player. You can tell mm-hmm. that when when he has those big, super flashy plays, you can you can almost feel the spike in confidence, and you know the offense is about to follow that defense. Like you, could, you, could, uh, you could you could feel it coming. Three, yesterday. yeah, yeah, he did very yeah, he did. <laughs> Uh, He's done a couple of times, actually. My, yeah. Honestly, what I would like to see from him more is what he did to uh, uh, Hill in the Bucks game, where he just pinned him, just took the ball and passed it off. Like, yeah. like I think some some shot blockers get way too amped about blocking it into the crowd when they could just go up there and take it from them. Yeah, the Bill Russell yeah. thing. Yeah. You hit the ball back to your team. You don't <laughs> mm-hmm. hit it out of bounds. Straight, straight. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, have it, I have a comment. It, it definitely makes sense to catch it, but like it's such a visceral act too that it you know it's really hard. It's really hard in the moment to it's be hard, like, no, yeah. I'm going to like calm myself, go up and take the ball instead of I'm gonna smash this thing right back into his fucking face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a big a big theme I noticed in the past week is the free throw shooting was abysmal. They yeah. left way too many points to that but, the by game the way, could have been one. Is Giannis yeah. just hitting his free throws now? Seventeen for seventeen against us. <sighs> is he just doing that all year now? He does that sometimes, I guess. Just against the Raptors, I guess. Like he was embarrassing in the playoffs. I feel like he's still shooting. Uh, I think I feel like he's actually up to like seventy percent now. Like he's above sixty. Let me look this up as you continue. I, he's I, like fifty I, in the playoffs. As Steve is looking that up real quickly. Dwayne Casey must have like filed like some agreement with the Raptors. Or we, we, we talked about this too, yeah. Like, He's shooting 71%. But yeah, no, he he beats the Raptors and they're the only team he can beat consistently, it feels like, which is insane. (laughs) We gave him a coach of the year and an agreement to lose to him every time. And called it even well, without, we, yeah. before he got well, an NBA title. Well, lose to him every time because there's no chance of playing him in the playoffs because he took a jump with the Pistons. They have so. one good player. Yeah. Except except uh, the Tampa Bay Raptors, right? Was that, that was, the year? I think. Did that they beat the year, Pistons? Huh? Maybe. I, I don't, they that, that year was in first, though. That year was the that year. Didn't honestly, didn't that, that year was that's a fever count. dream. <laughs> like, that year, like let's be honest. From that yeah, like I, I remember the fucking Miami Vice Raptor jersey with like the Raptor wearing fucking board shorts that it wasn't even official, but some fan made. And I was yeah. like, that's what I remember of the season. There was the a, Raptor there was, looking like the Heat logo. There was a bunch of them. There was a bunch of them in the crowd yesterday. Like a that's bunch awesome. of them. That's like, awesome. <laughs> I love that. There was definitely people from from like Canada that are just living in Florida now. <laughs> Yeah, probably most likely. Uh, um, but, but yeah, like really. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, but we'll finish your thought. I I really think that that those like four games when or like five games. I, it was a six point. It was a six game win streak. But like the five games where the Raptors were healthy. Okay. Um, a lot of people were saying how they won those games because of the injuries or like what, or COVID protocol from other teams and whatnot. But I really do believe that was because we had our starters as our, as our starters and our bench, our best bench guys that are as our best bench guys. 
Um, it was organized properly. Yeah, and it's it's just really difficult, especially when it's such a young team, because it makes it harder to do that next man up thing. Because oh, they get, they got overexposed with the extended minutes. A lot of those guys. Well, that was yeah. the problem. Exactly. Earlier in the much, year, especially the too many too many games, they were just too relied on. Too yeah. much Svee, too much Justin Champagne, who's been good. Like here's the thing: twelve Nick Nurse, Nick Nick Nurse is never going to stop using him because of the amount that he works. Yeah, the, the like just the effort that he puts out, Nick Nurse. Like that's a toy you're going to have to take away from Nick Nurse, and the only way that's going to happen is when he becomes like the tenth or eleventh guy. True. Right. True. And that and that happens when everyone's healthy, because then essentially what we were talking about this last week, and it's it's what's led to some of the funky lineups. When this team is right, Nick Nurse just he rides the hot hand. It's like, OK, Fred's our guy. This is to me. This is the way the team looks. Fred's the man. Fred is the dude who's taking the last shot, whatever. But OG and Pascal are going to carry the load. Between the three of them, you're going to get like you're getting 60 points somehow between the three of them. One of them's getting 15, one of them's getting 25, but you're getting 60 points out of those guys consistently. And then when everyone's healthy, you're getting 20 some points out of Gary Trent Jr., or you're getting it out of Chris Boucher, or you're getting it out of Scotty, or you're getting some combination of like 12 here, 17 there, but you're getting defense from all of them. Like the team because everyone's in the spot, what I was talking about philosophically before they got healthy about everyone getting put into the right role and Nick nurse being able to just let it go. He's able to just be like, these are my best, like my best guys. And then here are the hottest guys tonight. And I just put them all on the floor and you're seeing wild lineups where Chris Boucher is like the three, but he's guarding the two, (laughs) but it works, but it just works because he's super hot. He's super long. He can actually guard a guard and OG's and OG's like, all right, cool. There's a seven footer, but I'm stronger than he is. So I'll guard him in the post. Like they're just able to do all this wild shit. And it's why I think that this is, I'm sticking by this. I know they're ninth right now, but like, this is a team that should be in the middle of the Eastern playoff picture. Like this is a team that's in the five. Like they're right in the middle there. Like they might get a home, well, probably not going to be fourth. That's not happening at this point. But like they're not getting a home playoff game, like a home playoff series. But they're a good team that I don't think is. I don't think this team misses the playoffs without a catastrophic injury. Now, like unless someone like you lose Fred or Pascal for the rest, like you take away a major cog. I think this is a playoff team, and this is a really good team to build around. So. I, I was looking at the um, the schedule for some of the teams ahead of us in the standings. And um, the thing is, is that Cleveland has a really easy schedule. Yeah. Um, unless Philly falls down, um, which I doubt because Embiid is playing really great right now. But the rest um, of that team is so, like, it's Embi- it's literally yeah. Embiid and a bunch of guys. Like, they're not, you know, they're going to add go. They're going to do something at the day. Yeah. Okay. But how? Because they still don't, they still haven't traded Ben Simmons and that, like, that, they have the ability to, and then that makes them scary if they had the right piece. But I'm staring at them like, okay, I don't know what the fuck you are. Like, the Knicks aren't good. They're losing by 10 already tonight to the T Wolves. Exactly. Like, the Cavs are better than I gave them credit for because I thought they were a young, fun team that was going to start falling apart, and they just keep going, and the young pieces keep getting better. Like, Garland had a fucking 18-assist game. Like, that is mind-boggling. Yeah. They're going to be happened. adding, too. They're going to make it. Exactly. Like, that's, that's a good team. 
but the Brooklyn Nets are going to have issues without KD for four to six weeks, and Kyrie can only play half the games. And do you think James Harden's going to stay healthy for the rest of the season with the, the minutes he's going to have to play to to take up for that? Like, there's it, the Bulls have been losing. Yeah, yeah, the Celtic the Celtics are a mess. Like, there's so much mush in the East. Where again, there's the elite teams, and I think the Bulls are still going to be in that top four. Like the Bucks, the Bulls. Uh, the Nets, like those are the three best teams in the East, and they're going to the finish heat, one, two, heat, three. The Heat are going to be right there too. The Heat, the Heat have all these injuries, but they're going to be in the top four. I don't think they're going to yeah. like. They're going to have injuries, and they're going to rest veterans. Like Kyle Lowry's going to get days off, and Jimmy Butler's going to get days off down the stretch. So I don't know if they're going to be in that. I don't know if their total wins at the end of the season are going to be how good they are. Because I still think that's probably, if healthy, the best team in the Eastern Conference, barring Brooklyn getting all of those guys together and all of them can actually play in playoff series. Because <laughs> look, like, yeah. look at the Heat. Like, look at the Heat with Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam, Tyler Hero playing at this level now as the six men. Like, it's it's all come together for them. And they haven't been healthy really all season either. Like, someone's been hurt. Bam just came back from that thumb thing. Like, they've had issues all season. And they've been really good. Like that Heat team is like they're a wagon. The Raptors that I'm talking about are a fun young team that maybe win a first round playoff series. Maybe they're not maybe. a championship contender. The yeah. Heat, I think, are a champion. Like that team is scary. So it's it, we're talking about levels here, right? Like the excitement that I feel about the Raptors is about a team that I think is on the rise that has a bunch of young pieces that is really entertaining and should be better the ninth. Like I still look at them as that's a five, six place team in the East with the talent they have and with all the people around them, because I don't think the people around them are necessarily that good. And I don't think Boston's going to figure it out anytime soon. I don't think that light's going to flick. So, so I'm not, I'm not afraid of any of those teams below the Raptors right now, or even like Washington or Charlotte, really. I don't even count Washington. Charlotte is good. Charlotte's good, but they're, they're, they're kind of what I thought Cleveland was. They're a young team that just has too much dysfunction because they're too young. Like they don't have, they don't like, it's basically supposed to be Gordon Hayward, but they don't have someone like Nat, like Ricky Rubio tore his ACL, but then they got Ron. Like the Cavs seem to have veterans in the right places to keep the kids together. Yeah. Whereas like that Charlotte team is literally just the kids. They're really talented, but it's just the kids running around. Yeah. I, I, I'm just feeling like I don't trust the Raptors in a playing game right now. Um, so I I wanted them to get up to the sixth spot right now, which looks like it's a lot more likely because Philly's in six right now. Yeah, they have a, they have every a team goal. one to eleven is six games difference in the in the East right now. It's just yeah, like well, yeah, and the nice. Raptors have like I think they have four games at hand too. The way the schedule's gone. So like they have all these games that they're gonna have to and catch a lot up. of home games too, right? Yeah. Yep. So I've been saying it all year. I feel that that type of confidence in them, and I I continue to like barring a catastrophic injury, this team doesn't even need to be at full strength. Like they still manage to win with one or two guys missing that are key rotational, if not starters. So I think they can keep this rolling, and if they ever do get healthy this season, like. They, they can really roll like they can again they're not a championship team but they can really fuck shit up for the good teams in in the east because of the way that they play defense and that they they can like 
because of all the different options they have that they have a but they could play all six nine guys like Andrew was saying if they really wanted to. Yeah, so. out of okay, out of the out of the top four, uh, the assumed top four um, playoff teams. Who do you think yep. that the Raptors have like a better chance against? Because I feel Bulls. like Bulls. I want. I want. Steve, Steve has been the biggest Bulls hater. I, I want Milwaukee personally. I don't oh, want the way that they've the way that they've handled them in the past. Pretty much. I, the reason I say the Bulls is because I don't like. I've I've said this all year. I think that Bulls team is like that Hawks team that won sixty games and then got dismantled by that LeBron. Like I don't think in the playoffs. Like I just don't see. I see a path for how they could win. I just once they play the like once they play the the upper echelon of the East, I think they just get smashed. Like if they play Brooklyn, I don't think they hang with them. If they play the Heat, I think the Heat plays so much defense that when they try to run and play the offense that they play, the Heat are going to bog them down and then beat the hell out of them, right? Like, they would win, like, they might only score 105 points, Miami, but they're going to win, like, 105 to 80 because they would be able to just completely slow the Bulls down. And that's just because I stare at DeMar DeRozan as much as I love him in the playoffs. I don't yeah. think he's going to do this. I haven't well, we seen Zach Levine in the playoffs ever. Right, I've seen Vucevic completely go to shit in the playoffs. I've seen it happen against the Raptors, where he just disappears and he can't play Vuce- basketball anymore. Vucevic can't play against the Raptors, though he's afraid of red. Like, <laughs> just... Well, they are—they are just in general the, the less, the least experienced of those. Yeah, so and I know it, fault, I'd want Yeah, to it's yeah. It, and it's bias that's been built into me by watching those Raptors teams with Kyle and DeMar that when they played superstar laden teams and not even superstar laden teams, when they played those piston teams that weren't very good, but Paul George was the best player on the floor. It was really hard for them to overcome that. Oh, what did I say? Oh God. Yeah. I meant Pacers. Yeah. I feel that to Pistons. But yeah, like that's, that's kind of how I look at those guys. So like I just I have that inherent bias that when I look at it and I go, they're, they're not going to win. They're not going to be able to do what they need to do to get it done. Oh, why the hell is my computer restarting? That's why I went blue all of a sudden. My yeah. computer background decided to restart. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that Vucevic is like a really huge weakness for them uh, because he can't guard the pick and roll at all. And, and they lost Patrick Williams, who was the backup five, who was a super athletic. Like, he was the guy yeah. that in those situations they brought in to play defense for Vuce. Like, they would do the offense-defense switches late in games yeah. if they needed to. And he, they lost him super early. Yeah. So they'll probably trade for a guy. But, yeah, that's, that's a problem. Who can they trade? Well, Patrick, uh, potentially, if they want to go that route. They, uh, do they have draft capital left still after the Vucevic trade? Because I think it was only one first round pick. I don't, I don't think they trade it too. Like Kobe White is another guy they could trade. Oh yeah, White. Oh, they could yeah, definitely move Kobe White. I think yeah. he's, he's definitely got value still. When they're healthy, at least. If if Ball and Caruso take longer, who knows? That's true. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 of the mind that uh, Milwaukee's still the best choice. Just because we just have the guys to deal with them, and um, you could yeah. build the, like you could build the wall in the most efficient way possible, considering the defenders you have, mm-hmm. right? Like, it, and you don't have Kawhi, but you have five. Like, you have so many different options that you can continually yeah. throw at Giannis. I could see what you mean, but I'd still rather take my chances with the Bulls. 
just because Giannis also like we saw what Giannis did when he yeah, won that's the title. Pedigree too. When you when you already had that under your belt, it's just I, you, I, you're different. There's also there's there's the visual image of what he did physically to DeAndre Ayton, who is not a small man. Like I can't get that out of my head after that final. Yeah, he's better. The way now. he Giannis is definitely better now than he was back then. He's improved. the way he bullied guys in that series. Like, yeah, he took that step, that next step into like he's a superstar. He's an MVP, but like now he's like Giannis is pretend like he's face of the league talent. Like he's insane. And it's Drew Holiday instead of Eric Blood, so. You know how big of an upgrade that is. And Chris yeah. Middleton, we've consistently seen Chris Middleton have big playoff games where like yeah. no one else is doing it, and Chris Middleton's been the one to carry the Bucks at different times. You saw it in that run. But he had Middle- to have big games. Middle Middleton, um, no, I don't think. No, well, the I'm Raptors, not, yeah. literally, the Raptors have body bagged him. Yeah, yeah. Middleton, Middleton can be taken out of his game really easily. That's the thing. So it makes him. It really makes him like a really horrible number two. Um, but, but uh, again, I, I still put the bulls ahead of them. I see what you're saying with the bucks yeah. and I get that. But again, when I look at Giannis, like that to me is the, the reason I would be like, I'll take the bulls and take my chances as opposed to I'll, I'll, you know what? We've done this in the past. Like I'll take, I'll take Giannis because there's a chance that Giannis just goes, ah, okay, fuck it. I'm going to like, I'm going to score 40. Like I'm going to, I'm going to score 40, put up 20 rebounds and seven assists because it's possible. That something goes 17 from 17 on the line. Like, Oh, and hit threes because we've seen him do that. It doesn't happen every game, but it's not like I haven't seen him hit multiple threes in the same game. So, yeah. Um, do you guys feel like the bulls can hold on to first though? Because well, if, if they're hurt like this, then probably that's not. their issue. No, like, exactly. Levine. The Levine thing doesn't they're acting like it's not that serious. It um, really is. We'll see how how they handle it. That exactly. Like the Bulls can hang on to first for sure unless they start getting hurt. Now Brooklyn just can't catch them anymore, but there are Brooklyn, like, it doesn't matter to Brooklyn anyways. They're just like playoffs, just be healthy for playoffs. They're like the Lakers mindset from last year. Like the Bulls yeah. are the Bulls would be the team that really would want first. Yeah, so from that exactly. perspective, they'd be really pushing for it. And I and I think the heat the heater in that same thing where they're like, we don't give a fuck where we finish because we yeah. will beat the hell out of whatever team we play. Yeah. They um, might be the only ones who care. Real real quick, guys, real quick. Um, when do they decide who's who are the reserves for the All-Star game again? Do you guys know? Oh shit, I can't remember. Because I need the Raptors to get into like seventh or sixth or something so that Van Vliet can, you know, get there. Because if oh, not, we've already been campaigning. He's going to be there. He'll get voted in because that it'll happen the same way that it does with all, like when Kyle and Demar like lead the NBA in votes because yeah. Canada just goes nuts. Like I have a feeling that's what's going to happen with him. He was it's in like, the whole country is going to get by. Oh, I know he was in like eleventh or twelfth. Yeah, like, yeah. He was way down there. But trust me, once. Once the actual, actually, it should be getting started now. Like that big push for the votes and shit. I, I got a feeling you're gonna see Fred explode through okay. the through the so, vote ratings. So, so if that happens, um, is there a chance that we can get a Siakam in the All Star game by the coaches? Yeah. Oh, I think he'd get he'd, because a- of the ways. Yeah, the Toronto way he's fans got Steve Delabar into an All Star game for the Jays. We can get Siakam. 
That guy was a retired school teacher who he was wasn't in baseball teacher. anymore, who started throwing weighted baseballs and had one really good season and then never was good again. Yeah. And the, got the, the Toronto got him into an all-star game. It's going to be on the league. coaches, though, with Siakam, right? They're yeah, but he play. he deserves it. Like he's had he the, like he's put up the type of numbers where I know he's missed games. But if you just yeah. look at his stat line, everyone in the NBA misses games though. Like exactly, their ability is No, but that's the thing. You're gonna look at his stat line, and they're gonna be like, "Here's a guy that any given night can give us twenty five, eight, and 8. <laughs> and like that's an all star. That's a yeah. fucking all star. No matter how you look at it, because Durant Durant is down, so. He's, that's yeah, 46 weeks, be, right? There, there's Giannis, there's Embiid, and then who? Well, then there's also going to be guys that don't play, and then there's injuries, and then inj- there's going to be actual injuries, and then there's going to be injuries around uh, yeah. All-Star game. Like, I think Pascal's – I think it's pretty easy. I think Fred and Pascal are the guys you're looking at that are I, – I think they're All-Stars. I think you're looking at those guys in terms of making All-Star games and name recognition for the Raptors – as Kyle and Demar, like they're just going to be the guys that kind of take over as like the face. Like I know Gary Trent Jr. is the pretty boy, and Scotty in a couple years is going to be the face of the and then you franchise. Got, you got OG too. Don't forget him. OG's hilarious and has a cult following, but like OG will never be popular enough around the league. The number one TV speak. star. Yeah, he commercial star. Speak enough. He's a carry he man. Did you see that? That the the, OG doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. Oh, like he's a country music. He likes country. He likes Luke Bryan and Carrie Underwood. Literally nothing surprised me about OG. Nothing up surprised in my me books about him. even higher than I thought he would have ever been. Okay, so let's let's not get into like let's not start talking about country music. Is that it for the uh, the episode? Anything else that we want to get to? <laughs> um, well, we, didn't even, we didn't even make a Bills Chiefs prediction. Bills. 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 See. You, you, didn't we? Know. Yeah, weren't we talking really about that right off? I think we, we started did. talking about we kind of transitioned into that, and I don't think we picked the team, but it's just the way the Bills looked is it's really hard to kind of pick against them. And they're such a high variance team because they almost lost to the Jets. But coming off of that performance, it's kind of hard not to pick the Bills. I'll be the contrarian. Another, the another take Josh Allen is right. playing better than Patrick Mahomes right now. I mean, Mahomes threw five touchdown passes. And against what, though? Against what? I mean, he did. That's a. Way in like defensive. the shortest period of time in a single game, I think in NFL yeah, against, history against against doesn't. You know. uh, here's my prediction. This is, is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Be a hilarious amount of offense. Yeah, right. Or or it'll be zero zero halfway through the second. Everyone's going to be miserable. Actually, uh, the way that these games normally, the ones that line up like this, the only time we ever got a game that was this much fun was that. Um, was it LA? It was LA. It was Rams the Rams Chiefs. supported or Rams Chiefs. That's the that one. was regu- that was regular season. That was a regular season game. That was the only time we'd ever gotten one of these. And ones. we were going to get it in the playoffs again. We we're going to get in the Super yeah. Bowl, and then Belichick ruined everything. Yeah. So, so like we have a chance at that. We have a chance. Oh God, lining up offside. <laughs> oh, was offside. Yeah. Sure were. Oh, anyways. Anyway, one more thing though. You guys yes. don't watch UFC, but I'm going to give you a winner. Plus two fifty winner, Andre Fialo. Last minute replacement. That's your pick this week. I've I mean, given. Theo, you I called, called the news upset. I was about to say you did. And I don't so. just throw shit at walls. I pick my spots. I think this might was as as of Tuesday. That's my spot. But I will let you know. I'm letting the people know. That's the pick this week. That's okay. your okay. So real, real real quick, guys. Real quick. Last thing. Last thing. Defensive player of the year. Uh, 
N not Rudy Gobert. Okay. No. You saw him get dunked on yesterday. Russell Westbrook. It's definitely not Rudy Gobert. If, if Draymond can stay healthy, I say he gets. She should. It's get probably it Draymond time. the way that this year's gone. It's probably Personal. Draymond. Yeah. I was like, it's like. Lou Dort can't win it because OKC is so bad. You can't yeah. give the, uh, the defensive player of the year to a team that's going to finish last. Although <laughs> I think he's he is he's by far the best on ball defender in the league, in my opinion. Oh, it's and, and his height doesn't matter. He guards yeah. guys that are six nine. Like he can shut down a Siakam type guy because he just gets yeah. under. It's he's ridiculous and he's Canadian, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, probably probably Draymond. Yeah. Probably Draymond. Okay. Not to mention, you also have the narrative of the resurgence of the war. Like, actually, it's definitely Draymond because of all the narrative shit that goes. Like, you know how these things go. Yeah. Like, the way awards kind of take off with a narrative. The resurgence of the Warriors, the resurgence of Steph, the resurgence of Draymond's defense, and the way that they're potentially a title team again. If this shit keeps up, yeah, he's definitely going to win it. And he's going to win it. Like, it's going to be a runaway train. Draymond will win it probably by a a mile because they've already done i was about to say there's already i think it was a doris burke thing like a month ago about draymond's return to defense where they sat in a film room with him and he was breaking down film with doris burke like they've already done the things that they're going to do leading up to him winning defensive player of the year they've already aired them not only have they yeah. filmed them already they've already aired them it's a good call yeah. andrew yeah stop um, giving it to go bear please he who was it who said it? He doesn't even guard the best centers on the other side. When it's Jokic, they just go, no, get the fuck off the floor. <laughs> like, no, you're not going to the three-point line to guard him. He's going to eat you alive. So, no, he's not defensive player of the Stanley year. Stanley Johnson was going at him yesterday, so case closed. <laughs> he's not defensive. Like, yeah, I hate, I hate how they do that. Like, Embiid is defensive player of the year. Don't – they're not the same. Rudy Gobert yeah. is very good. But they gave like they give him defensive player of the year to somehow justify the Jazz giving him a max contract. <laughs> no, there's a difference of being the most important defender on your team and being the best defender in the league. Exactly. The Jazz build everything to funnel to him, so he puts up all of these stats because they build the fucking defense that way. Whereas Embiid is just so good that he's just there all the time. Right, mm -hmm. like if you're talking about big men that you can genuinely call defensive players of the year, it's like that is Joel Embiid because you look at everything he does. That you can put a smaller, faster guy on him, but he knows his body and his length so well that it doesn't matter. He can recover in ways, but he's just going to tower over. Like it's just he does things that are so smart. It's hard for me to explain without showing it on film. Whereas Rudy Gobert is just the big dude who has guys filtered at him that gets a lot of blocks. Like I don't see him doing all of the extra footwork stuff. I don't see him getting switched on to smaller guys and not getting cooked on a regular basis. Like it's just, there's so many things that he doesn't do that is someone like I keep going to him be that someone who plays the same position of him that actually is deserving of it. Like there's just a huge gap in between those players. Yeah. Like, I don't sure. even think there's a huge gap between Gobert and Aiton. Like no. in terms of defense, and Aiton's already better than like leagues better than him offensively. So yeah, Aiton just needs a, t a little bit more time in. That's about it, in my opinion. But that, exactly. Yeah. But like, think about it. Like in terms of everyone talking about Rudy Gobert, do we talk about DeAndre Aiton in the same way? Well, it's not like Gobert's that much better. No, that's how I, that's how I would put it. The Suns actually have guards who can play defense. So right, exactly. Yeah. So they don't need to just funnel everything into the big man and yeah. hope that he blocks it because hey, by the way, they can lock up on the perimeter. 
But anyways, mm. uh, before we get really down the garden path and like super mm. into like very small basketball stuff, uh, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, this has been Toronto Until Live. I'm Steve Artabello with Anthony Harris, Theo Giordano, and Andrew Clark with an E joining us to talk basketball as always. Um, you can find us at our website, torontoontilt.com. You can find us at our Twitter at Toronto on Tilt. We're streaming live on Twitch, so that will be con- that will be finishing soon. You can find us by searching Toronto on Tilt. You can find us by searching the exact same thing on YouTube, Toronto on Tilt. The video is live right now, but it will be posted. You can watch it and go back to it and share it with your friends later. And of course, the audio will be posted shortly. Holy Christ, this is getting long because we have all of the ways to deliver this podcast. You find people. But we can get it. Uh, you can get it on uh, any place that you listen to podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, Bleaker, all of the things. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends. The Leafs are going to give me a fucking heart attack, but I'm very excited about the Raptors and football. Piallo. <laughs>